exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. The same God in the Old Testament, the same God that sent revival throughout the Word of God, and by the way, the same God that sent revival to America in years past is still able. We sang it this morning, yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. And the issue has never been with God. It has never been with God's Word. The issue has always been with God's people. And as I look at the story of Esther... I see God responding to his people as his people did what God wanted them to do in such a time as they lived. You know, when we think about it, uh, there's generations that live and die, and new generations come back to the scene. God is still the same. God still wants to work. God still wants to save souls. When we look at the story of Esther, we see Mordecai, and we see Esther, and we see God's people living then and there, and as they respond, God responds, and God did a work, and obviously they die off, and we see a new generation raised, and now we're here in 2022, and we're all alive, right? We don't even be dead people sitting in here looking at me, right? We're all alive. And we're alive and we're here in 2022 for such a time as this. What is it that caused God to move in the book of Esther? And I'm convinced, what is it that could cause God to move in 2022 in Chester Springs, Pennsylvania? I want to give you three thoughts here tonight as I look at the story of Esther. Number one, I think it's important for us... To stand fast. Look at Esther chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Esther chapter number 3 and verse number 1. We know that Haman was promoted. And we know that Haman was promoted and wanted everybody to bow to him. The Bible says in verse 2 of Esther 3, And all the king's servants that were in the king's gate bowed and reverenced Haman. For the king had so commanded concerning him, but Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Then the king's servants, which were in the king's gate, said unto Mordecai, Why transgressest thou the king's commandment? Now it came to pass, when they spake daily unto him, and he hearkened not unto them, that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand, for he had told them he was a Jew." And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. Haman asked Mordecai to do something that would cause Mordecai to disobey God. Mordecai loved God. Mordecai served God. And Mordecai was not going to bow to another man. And I tell you this... They lived in a day where there was a pressure to conform to the laws of man, even if the laws of man were against the laws of God. Hey, the king says, you need to bow down to Haman. And Mordecai says, I'm not going to bow down. And on a regular basis, we see Mordecai taking a stand for what is right. We see Mordecai steadfast, standing on the truth of the word of God showing loyalty to his God. And I tell you this, we got a lot of laws and this and that happening in this society, and many of them are against the truth of this book. 
They're against what God says in his word. And I'm convinced that as God's people, our loyalty must be to God first and foremost. And I'm convinced that we need to stand fast on the truth of God's word. And somebody may say, hey, you know there's a pressure. As a matter of fact, I've lived long enough now uh, to see organizations and churches that were once strong, that were once preached the truth of the word of God, that now compromise. I was talking to somebody not long ago, and they were telling me about a Christian college, and somebody went to this Christian college, and they went to the Christian college, and they played on a baseball team, and they called him, and they said to him, I am the only Christian on this baseball team in a Christian college. If I told you the name of the college, you'd be shocked. You know, it's amazing to me how, uh, 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 how churches uh, are caving in to the pressure of, of homosexuality, the pressure of transgender, to the, to the pressure of, of women preachers. And I tell you something, we have to stand fast on the truth of this book. By the way, that's why we're looking at this uh, a, a biblical worldview and, and our culture in our Sunday school hour. Because it doesn't matter what society says. It matters what God says. And just when you look at the word of God, you will see many generations that had to stand fast for truth. We've had it pretty easy. We, we live in America where, where we're free to worship. But I'm convinced that that might change. It's changing already as we look at the pressure and as we look at what people are, are, are trying to indoctrinate us, trying to get you to say, hey, uh, lower the standard a little bit. Hey, uh, 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 it's okay for us to, uh, to combine with people that don't preach the same gospel that we preach. And it's not okay. And it's important for us. And I'm convinced that that's why God, one of the reasons why God moved it's because there were people like Mordecai that said, hey, I'm not bowing. And there has to be in us a resolve to recognize that what might come down our way in America in 2022 or 2023 might be contrary to what God says. And we might have to find ourselves saying, I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to do that. Do whatever you have to do. I'm not going to do that. I read about a pastor in Uganda in 1973, his name was Pastor Kifa Sembangi, and uh, he saw some of his co-pastors uh, burned and beat. And the, the year came in, 18, in 1973 in Easter, where he bravely, openly decided he was going to preach on the risen Lord in his town's football stadium to over 7,000 people. After the service, five of the secret police that served I.D. Amin, they served this ruler, this dictator that was trying to squelch out truth. They came back to his church and they closed the door behind him. Five rifles pointed at his face. We're going to kill you for disobeying, for disobeying orders. If you have something to say, say it before you die. The pastor, thinking of his wife and lovely little girl, began to shake. But the risen Lord, living in his heart, gave him the courage to speak. Do what you must, he said. The word of God says that I am in Christ, and in Christ I am already dead, and my real life is hidden with him in God. It's not my life that's in danger, but yours. I am alive in the risen Lord. You're still dead in your sins. May he spare you from destruction. The leader looked at him for a long time. 
then Lord is gone. Will you pray for us? And those five officers were converted through the witness of a pastor's bravery. That doesn't always happen. We often read stories that the pastor was shot and killed the end. But I tell you this, I'm thankful for anybody that's willing to take a stand for what's right and say, I'm, I love God too much and I love God's word too much. I'm not bowing. And Mordecai said, I'm not bowing. It's important to, to, for us to stand fast. Number two, I want you to see this. I think it's important for us to stay close. To stay close to who? To stay close to God. In Esther chapter number four, when the decree is made, I want you to look at what God's people do. In Esther chapter four and verse number three, the Bible says, and in every province, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, there was great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. In, in, in verse number 15, the Bible says this, Then Esther bade them return to Mordecai this answer. They said to Esther, and we'll look at this in just a minute, you've got to do something about this. She says, Go gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me. Neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in according to the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Why, was they, why did they call a fast? The reason for this fast was to seek the Lord. It was to seek the Lord and to spend time in prayer. Hey, they recognized this is a desperate situation. And they call the people of God to fast and pray and to talk to the Lord. You know, in times of pressure, in times of, again, for the Jews, they're staring at possibly losing their life. In times of difficulty, it is important for us to get and stay close to the one who's really in charge, and that is God. Hudson Taylor, I think it was, said this, it doesn't matter how great the pressure is, it matters where the pressure lies. See that you don't allow the pressure to get between you and God. Allow the pressure of life to be outside of me and God and press me closer to God. Sometimes the pressure of life can get us between us and God. And the devil will do what he can to get us thinking things that aren't biblical about God. You ever ask yourself, you don't need to raise your hand, why did this happen to me? You ever ask yourself, hey, I don't get it. I don't understand why God would allow such and such. And you say, hey, and, and this person lives like the devil, and it appears that everything's going good. And this person, they're, they live in for God, and they love God, and God gave them this. And look, God's God, and we're not God. And the devil will do what he can to get us thinking these things about God. And we've got to allow the pressure, the stress to push us closer to God. Don't allow it to get between us and God. And Esther and Mordecai, they called the people of God to seek God, to spend time fasting and praying. Why? Because they know God hears and answers prayer. We know God hears and answers prayer. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. 2 Corinthians 7 says, If my people, which are called by my name, 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. What? He'll hear from heaven. He'll forgive our sin. He'll heal our land. We need God more now than we've ever needed him. And I tell you this, it's important for us to recognize God hears the cry. He hears our cry. It's amazing to me sometimes how we can turn to other things before we turn to the Lord. I was with Raylan a couple weeks ago. You saw me with my little granddaughter there, and, and uh, I tried to steal her from her mother and, and uh, try to hide her from her mother because if she sees her mother, then she wants her mother, and I'm trying to help her to see that I'm cool and that if she stays with me, it's going to be good. And uh, down the road, you know, I'll have to sneak her a little bit of candy. Don't tell her mother that. And we'll have a good relationship. But I noticed one thing about these little guys. I tried to do the same thing with little Isaiah there. And uh, the other Wednesday, I just stole him from Melissa, just stole him. And he was doing this number trying to find her, and I was doing this number. Anytime he tried to get his little neck to find her, he couldn't find her because I was just spinning around, you know. And then he came in here and tried to look for Steve. And I'm like, no, nah, we're not going to look at him either. And I had him for a whole of, what, two minutes until he saw his mother. And that was the end. That was the end. Why does a child do that? When, when any kind of stress, right? I noticed this with Raylan. When she has any kind of uh, stress or could I say her emotions, you know, uh, kick in, she wants her mother. Why? Because there's a sense of security with her mother or wanting her father. And I tell you this, simple illustration, but the reality is we need God. We need to draw nigh to God. And, I, I, and I'm convinced that God wants to work. But I'm convinced that a lot of God's people were, were busy and were doing things maybe for God, but were not spending time with God. We're not seeking God. And I tell you this, it is absolutely vital that we stay close to God. I feel for Rachel Hollinsworth. She's got to be in her late 20s. He's probably in his 30s maybe, late 20s, stage 3 cancer. You think, whoa. The reality is, in times like these, we need a Savior. <laughs> and we've got to recognize that God is able. Hey, the Jews, they get real close to God. Stand fast. Stay close. Let me give you a third thing, and we'll be finished. Esther chapter number 4. We're in Esther 4, verse number 10. Again, Esther spake unto Hattach and gave him commandment unto Mordecai. She couldn't talk directly to Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of the king's promises do know that whosoever, whether man or woman, shall come in, shall come unto the king into the inner court who is not called. There is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter that he may live. But I have not been called to come in unto the king these thirty days. And they told to Mordecai Esther's words. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. I, I love Mordecai's faith. God's going to deliver the Jews. I love his faith. 
but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Number three, I think it is important for us to speak up. Mordecai says to Esther, Esther, you got to go in and talk to the king. Now, I had a hard time finding the exact age of Esther at this time. Some said she could have been a teenager, 14 years of age. Some said she could have been 20. Somebody said maybe 40. I don't think 40 because they, uh, they wanted the young virgins to come. She's a young girl. Think about just the simple intimidation factor of a Brianna Talbot going to the President of the United States to ask anything. Pretty intimidating. You got the intimidating factor there. Not only do you have the intimidating factor, you have the possibility of the king not holding out the scepter, and hence your life is over with. But Esther had to do what? She had to recognize that she was at the kingdom for such a time as this. She had to recognize that God put her there for a purpose. And her purpose, one of her purposes, was to go into the king and open her mouth and speak. And you know the story. The Bible says in chapter number 5, she says, Hey, come to a banquet that I've prepared. And they come, Haman and king, they come to the banquet. And for some reason, and I think God was working, for some reason she said, Can you come tomorrow to the banquet and I'll tell you that. And do you know what happens in chapter number 6? An amazing thing happens in chapter number 6. In chapter number 6 in verse 1, On that night could not the king sleep. The king could not sleep. And he says, Bring me the books of the Chronicles. He wanted to read a bunch of boring stuff. And it was found, verse 2, that Mordecai had saved his life. In verse 3, the king said, What honor and dignity, what has been done for Mordecai? Do you know what I am convinced of? I am convinced that God was preparing the king to receive what Esther was going to tell him. God was preparing. God's timing is perfect. And he's preparing the king. And the next day when Esther says, hey, can you spare me and spare my people? Haman's trying to kill us. The king is what? The king, I'm convinced that he's prepared to hear what she has to say. But she's got to do what? She's got to get out of her comfort zone. She's got to get a little bit out of her comfort zone, and she has to say, hey, she says this, if I perish, that's in here somewhere. Where is that at? It's in here somewhere. If I, here it is, verse 16 of Esther 4, if I perish, I perish. She recognized, I'm here at the kingdom for such a time as this, and I need to open my mouth, and I need to speak. The Jews are spared. Early on, there's a decree. We're all being killed. There's weeping. There's fasting. There's desperation. They're perplexed. In chapter number 8, we find there's gladness, and there's rejoicing. And we find many embracing the God of the Jews. Do you think that there's people in our day today that need to embrace the God of heaven? It's obvious. It's obvious people need the Lord. God did a reviving work in the book of Esther because individuals were willing 
to stand for what's right. They were willing to stand fast. They were willing to speak up. By the way, in the middle there, they were willing to stay close to God. I'm convinced of this. I'm convinced that God wants to work today. Esther's dead and gone. Mordecai's dead and gone. Their time was then. Our time is right now. God has put us here at Chester Springs Victory Baptist Church for such a time as this. And what the world needs and what God needs is for us to be willing to stand fast and say, I am not going to move. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to change my position from what the truth of the word of God is. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to stay as close to God. I'm going to do everything I can to get closer to God. By the way, I don't think we, we and, I, and I include me in there, I don't think we fast enough. You know, the Bible says, when you pray, I think it's Matthew 7, when you give, and it says when you fast. I mean, it's all three of them are assumed that that will happen. And sometimes we pray, sometimes we give, and Sometimes we kind of fast. The situation is probably not desperate enough. I'll tell you, it is. We need to speak up. Do you know God is preparing people's hearts for us to speak up? And boy, I read that little phrase, many became Jews. That stirred me because many need to embrace the God of heaven in 2022. And we've got to get serious. It's our time now. We are here for such a time as this. Let's take advantage of it.